0: This is Consider It, where we are considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels,
1: Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word REDEMPTION and your question to 830-299-7505. Again, that's 830-299-7505 and we will consider your question.
0: To learn more about our church and our ministry here, visit Redemption.Bible. I'm Michael Hawkins.
1: And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. The story of Balaam and his donkey in Numbers 22-24 through 24 is a much-beloved Bible story, especially for children, but it also has much to teach us as Christ-followers about God's sovereignty, His protection and his love for his people.
0: Welcome back to Consider It. We have another question. Today's question is, in Numbers 22, Balaam seems obedient. Why does God get angry with him when Balaam is following all of the Lord's direction and instructions? Mm.
1: I like this question. I like Bible questions like this, and I particularly like this story. In uh, Numbers, yes, we were just talking. I I actually really like the book of Numbers. There's so many lessons for us to learn. It is so practical for Christians today uh, when we really understand, like, what is all happening here. Yeah, because this is like, Numbers is like, you know, day to day following the Lord. Yep. Uh, prior to this, Exodus, all that, that's like the mountaintop times, God's deliverance, you know, the, the those high watermarks in Christianity. But then you get to, uh, you know, and, and everything's new. You know, they're establishing the, the sacrificial system, the Levit- the priest uh, the system with the Levites at the end of Exodus and then in Leviticus is all that. Um, but then you get the numbers and it's like, it's just real life following yeah. the Lord.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of cool because we get a a bird's eye view or a God's eye view of the day to day. And so in the midst of the chaos and the craziness of what's going on, we can look back and see really, uh, you know, being on this side of it, we can see what God was doing and how he was working. Yeah. And, uh, and recognizing that the God who operated that way is,
1: Still on the throne. For sure. And so it
0: it gives us hope. Right. And knowing that he's at work even in our chaos.
1: Right, right. I mean, we can relate to the Israelites uh, in every chapter, you know, if we're honest. Yeah. I think maybe we think highly of ourselves. We're like, no, we wouldn't complain like that. We wouldn't grumble. No, we wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. And and yet I think we can relate to them and then find great uh, uh, encouragement. Yeah in how the Lord is working in and through these uh through these people and, and so I think that's really like what what the question here in coming to the story of Balaam, why it is uh so good one it's it's just interesting because you know, this is the story where Balaam's donkey talks to him, you right, know, yeah. and uh, the whole thing, they're going along, Balaam's riding his donkey, and the donkey won't go, and so he lashes out in anger, and, you know, and which probably, you know, what we would do, too, our car breaks down, what do we do? You know, we yeah. get all mad, and... Try kick the tire. Right, and uh, we start fuming, and... and, and the little do we know that the angel of the Lord's blocking the way. The donkey can see it, and then the donkey calls out, "You know, why are you beating me? Yeah, basically, <laughs> why true. are you angry?" And uh, and and uh, then the Lord opens uh, the eyes of Balaam to see the angel of the Lord uh, standing in in front of him. But the but the question is actually. Prior to that, I think you know that's that's just the part of the story I think that's so familiar, right? Um, but this idea that Balaam being you know, seemingly obedient and yet God getting angry when he's doing what what the Lord has said, yeah. um, and what's happening here, and so um, and yet even we're kind of teasing this out, and we're going to answer the question here, but I think we also need to understand even some of the greater context of what's happening in the, in the story here. So it's so like real life and all that, yeah. but you know if you're unfamiliar with this go take some time to read numbers 22 to 24 actually you should just read the whole book of numbers but <laughs> what's happening in this in this uh in this little narrative it's it's so cool because it's it's almost like a uh meanwhile on the other side of the mountain kind of story here with Balaam and Balak uh who is uh, the this king um uh, that is uh, trying to uh defeat Israel yeah and so, mind you now, Israel has been delivered in Exodus, and now they're part, they're, this is in the wandering, those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Yeah, it's really toward the end of that yes. season, yeah. Yeah, so they've been wandering. God has unleashed judgment on them. Um, they have... Uh, 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 Aaron has died at this point, Moses's brother. Um, the people are now uh, angry in, in chapter 21. They're complaining, um, and getting impatient with the Lord about the food that God has provided daily for them for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. God sends the fiery serpents and that whole story. And then the defeat of King Sion and King Og, which are, uh, monumental times as well. You see it in the Psalms. Um, As as great triumphs of the Lord to protect his people. And what's so interesting then when we come to this now is because what you have now, like think of it here, like on one side of the mountain, you have these two million Israelites, you know, uh, give or take, that are wandering and they're camped in the wilderness. And God is protecting and providing for them, giving them food, directing them. And it's like on the other side of the mountain, this enemy, Balak, which is also really weird, Balak and Balaam. I know it's it's, it's goofy. Just think <laughs> yeah. of it this way: Balak ends in a K, is the king. Balaam ends in an M, and is this false messenger. Yeah. But uh, but Balak is wants to destroy them. The Israelites, you know, we're, we're not given any indication that they even know that this enemy's over there. Maybe they do. But the way the story flows is like you have this army over here ready to defeat them. And he uh, goes and, and and appoints this or g- comes after this guy, Balaam, this pagan guy. He's not a, he doesn't follow the Lord. Yeah, he's, he's just some, uh, you know, like, I don't know, pagan priest or something. Um, this is all that he is. Some, you know, secular, holy guy uh, that's there to come and to curse God's people, the Israelites. Yeah which if you remember like the uh, Abrahamic covenant and all that, those who bless God's people, God will bless. Those who curse, will, God will curse. And so right. this is a whole continuation of that whole yeah. promise and God playing this out. And so uh, Balak is, appoints this guy to go do this. And yet in the midst of it all, God is protecting and preserving his people. And the Israelites don't even know it's happening. Uh, yeah,
0: that's, I mean, just what, a, what an example of, just our daily lives, right. right? It's like there's so much going on, and God's perspective is just so much greater than ours. Right. But but to see Him at work here, having that right. that bird's eye view, if you will, that I mentioned, um, and then being able to say like, hey, like
1: that's happening. No, like to recognize his sovereignty. Right, right. Just God is moving awesome. and, and protecting yeah. us as his people in ways we have no uh, idea about. No, no clue. He, no. And he's moving until until it's right before us. And then, then we can see like with hindsight, like, oh, Lord, you were working out all this stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, which is really the way the story kind of goes here. But what what a comfort to know that even in our grumbi- grumbling, even our in our rebelling, that God is— still protects us from our enemies. Yeah. God is still protecting us, his beloved, uh, from destruction. And that's really what the whole story of Balak and Balaam is all about. Right. And so to come back to the question then, you know, it's like, well, Balaam is seeming obedient here. But yeah. we have to remember, the reason we go to the whole context is he is not following the Lord.
0: Yeah.
1: And so even this like, whole interchange here is very interesting that he would call out to the Lord.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting too because we see multiple times in this that he says shouldn't I obey you know what the Lord is saying shouldn't I say the things that the Lord says and and we can we can compare that to to heroes of the faith like, yeah you know Daniel um, and just that that zeal and um, you know you see glimpses of of David and and Balaam's repentance and right. um, And even you know, just some of these heroes of the faith that we, you know, we see kind of in the the Hall of Fame. What is it? Hebrews eleven. Yeah. Um, And so, based on this interchange that we get in twenty two through twenty four, we would expect to see Balaam
1: right amongst those Right. right right. You could. Yeah, if we just sort of like uh, extract these uh, chapters out of our Bible without any the rest of the, uh, the context, without anything, yeah. you could make it to seem that. Although even in the text, it does we we do start to get some indication here that uh, maybe Balaam isn't all he's cracked up to be. Yeah. There might be something going on in the heart. Here, which is, I think, where we're going to answer this question. Because if you start like in verse 7 of Numbers 22, the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian depart with their fees for divination in their hand, and they came to Balaam and gave him Balak's message. Okay? And so they're coming, they're paying this guy, you know, he's this like supposed holy man Mm -hmm. for hire uh, to get what they want, which is to curse Israel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um that's what they're after verse six, right before, it, come now, curse this people for me, since they are too mighty for me. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. um but uh, what, uh, what, what Moab, or this is going on here, what Balaam says, verse 8, he says, Lodge here tonight, I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. And so we think, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. Like he's going to seek the Lord, and God does answer him. Verse 9, God comes to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Balaam says to God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, who has sent to me, saying, Behold, a people has come out of Egypt, and it covers the face of the earth. You know, there's a lot of people, right? Moab is scared. This is a mighty force of yeah. people, right? now come curse them for me right there as, you know, especially if we're reading through the whole of the Pentateuch right there is like, you know, keyword. But as we understand Genesis 12, Abrahamic covenant, those who curse you, God will curse. it's like, you know, like that's, that that should set off all kinds of alarm bells. Uh, And so what does God say in verse 12? God says, Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. Right. So, Balaam rose morning, said the prince, go to your own land. The Lord has refused to let me go with you. Right. Of course he has, you know, and all that. But what happens then in the story is they keep coming back. Yeah. They keep bringing more money. They keep coming back to him. The offer gets sweeter and sweeter. That's right. They, they want it. And, uh, and and at one point in verse 18, it says, Balaam answers. They're trying to like get, bring, you know, heap it on, you know, and, and more money, more riches. Balaam answers. So Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold. I could not go beyond the command of the Lord, my God, to do less or more. So you think they're OK. Like this is all right. Yeah, you know, he's turned it down. And yet there's something going on, even though outwardly he is saying this. He is actually uh, something else is going on in his heart, apparently, as he continues to ask the Lord and uh, continues to plead with the Lord. And maybe he does really want the money. And so outwardly, he is appearing to be noble. Mm -hmm. But inwardly, we start to get this sense that actually maybe not so much. And so what does the Lord do? He comes to the Lord, verse 19, and asks. In verse 20, God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men have come to call you, rise, go with them, but only do what I tell you. And so Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. And here's where I think the crux of the question is. But God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as his adversary. And he's riding on the donkey, and so then that what follows next is that whole portion of the donkey speaking and yeah. all that, and so it does seem right that like well God's get angry like well he's just doing what he told you, and here's the the best way to to think about it like Balaam is is persisting in this. Mm-hmm. And yet, if he was truly genuine, in this he would have just stopped asking. Yeah. He wouldn't even needed to ask the Lord. You know, hey, can I go? Is it an okay idea? Because if he was genuine in following the Lord, if the motives and intentions of his heart were right, I think he would not have even asked. Yeah. He would know this is wrong. And so, in this sense, here it's like the Lord just giving Balaam over to it and saying, "If you want to go, part be a part of this, then then go." You know, In some ways, it's like when our kids come and ask. Like We've given them a clear, like, man, don't play in the road.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it is dangerous to play in the road. And they come back and say, hey, I want to play in the road. My friends are playing baseball out in the road. And you know, in the and it's like, no, I've told you no. You know. And they come back and ask again. They come back and ask again. And you're just like, fine, go play in the road and deal with the consequences. Yeah. You know? yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like turning them over
0: to their, right.
1: their consequences. right. And now that might be an extreme example. Like, hopefully, a parent wouldn't like if it's a truly busy street and all that. But I think get the get the picture. Hopefully, here is this is what's happening. That and the reason that the Lord gets angry at him is because well, his the intentions of his heart are actually to get rich, to be famous. Maybe well, he okay, I'm going to do it the Lord, and maybe maybe I'm going to get these riches and get what I want, even if I can't give it to him. You know, like okay, he will speak. He's not going to curse. Uh, Israel, but he's still going to get the money.
0: Yeah, he's he's still going. He's still, you know, rubbing shoulders with this great king at the time, um, seeking the the fame and the the
1: glory that comes with it. Right, Right. and so he has aligned himself with one of God's enemies, this nation Moab and this king Balak, uh, that want to destroy. They want to curse God's people. Yeah, I think in a sense,
0: it's kind of the. He wants his cake and to eat it too. And I've never really understood that whole right. saying, but uh
1: yeah. But
0: in that he he's trying to play both sides of the fence.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you're trying to get ahead at the expense of the people of of God here. Yeah. And the Lord's not gonna have it. Yeah. yeah. I mean what do we see here? And like we said earlier, it's God's protection, his provision for his people. They don't even know about it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even know what's what's going on over here. And so He, uh, the Lord rightly gets angry, you know, it's, uh, you know, even the question, it seems like he's following all the Lord's directions and instructions. Well, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually say that it's the, the Lord has relented in a way and like, go, okay. He's allowed this to, he's like, okay, you want to go, go. And yet he's still angry at it. Could he have prevented, could he have struck down Balaam? Absolutely. But, uh, but he's allowing him to go and I think
0: we, we can relate to this when there's these temptations in our life and we know that they're wrong, we know they're sinful, we will start to kind of maneuver and manipulate and start to justify these things right. in our lives. And it's like, we know it's not right, but maybe I can justify it to where maybe it'll be more appropriate if yeah. I look at it this way. And I think even as we look at at Balaam's oracles and how they're moving from place to place moving into you know chapters um you know 23 and yeah and 24 here um they're moving from place to place changing their perspective you know up on the the mountain right you know looking down thinking that oh well maybe if I manipulate or change or or do this that that the Lord will will change his mind right and I mean, how often do we find ourselves doing that? It's like, oh well, I know that's wrong, but if right. I just come over here and do this,
1: then maybe right, it, it's okay, right, you know? right. And the Lord sees right through all that. Yeah, like that's what this story really teaches us in regards to Balaam yeah. is that the Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Yeah, it's what he 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 sees everything that's happening, yeah. on on the inner man and woman. And that should both comfort us that he he knows uh, us, and also terrify us, you know, our our most wicked uh, and vile of, of thoughts and intentions, yeah. and and he he does here with with Balaam, even as he seems outwardly obedient. Yeah. I think we see this all the time, you know. Like, we could, we we put on the outward, we give the outward representation of ourself of obedience. Mm-hmm. I'm in church every Sunday. I'm in small group every week. I I, I read my Bible and and all this like outward obedience, and yet inwardly. There are things going on. There's all kinds of uh, of sin things that might be driving that. Whether we're trying to earn our salvation, we're trying to earn the approval of somebody, we're trying to gain authority or respect in the yeah. church, we're trying to appear, um, uh, you know, more holier than we actually are, more mature than than we are. And the Lord sees right through that, and yeah. he he stops it in his tracks. <laughs> he he brings all that out and. Yeah. Um, and it's you know we see it all throughout the scriptures. The same with the Pharisees. Yeah. Same in our own life. You know, and and it is God who's, who who knows that exposes it and desires it. Yeah. Um, I was just reading this morning Proverbs three and God's providence of this. Uh, that's very interesting. We, I think we all know Proverbs three at least. You know, the trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and. All your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. We know, you know, verses five and six, but the the chapter three begins uh, like this. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments Mm. for length of days and years of life and peace. They will add to you. But it's that that like heart, let your heart keep my commandments because that's where it starts. And that's what the Lord wants. Yeah. Uh, not just outward behavior modification, yeah. or this conformity to a standard that's begrudging or obligatory, or or doing it f- to gain status and favor for ourselves.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, in light of that, you know, when we are reading this passage about Balaam, like, like we don't we don't see a lot of that. Yeah. Right. We see what does he do? Oh well, he says, "I must." Speak what the Lord speaks, yeah. and then he goes. And instead of cursing them, he blesses them. It's like, right. so in this sense, in this context, we say, "Oh, yeah." Like, why would the Lord be angry? It seems here that yeah. that Balaam is doing all that he's supposed yeah. to be doing. Right. But there are other aspects or other parts of Scripture that really speak back to this that that begin to reveal
1: yeah.
0: um, the true heart motives of right. Balaam. And right. and it's interesting when we go to uh, Deuteronomy um twenty three, um it talks about the um I'm gonna turn there, but it, it's talking about um Balaam's advice that yeah. he gives. And so while he was unable to curse the people of Israel, even as he opened his mouth, yeah. blessings flowed. Yeah. Um but what he did is he found another way to to curse the people of Israel. And that right. was really the only way that they could be cursed was if Yahweh himself mm-hmm. cursed them. Right. And so what does he do? He he advises um the king, Balak, to to send the women, the Moabite women, down yeah. to to cause the Israelites to disobey God. Mm. Yeah. And so we see the uh, the Pierre or Peor incident, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right after. And um, and so they come down, and then twenty four thousand Israelites. Yep. died. gone. Um, you know that day. Mm-hmm. And so here we see that this was at the advice of Balaam. Right. And so he's like, "Well, I couldn't curse them, but here's a way. Here's some advice for you to go ahead and, right. You know." Right. Fulfill your, your right.
1: desire. Here's a way. I can't uh, bring down the judgment of God like in a thundercloud or you know yeah. lightning storm or whatever. But uh, but here's a way you can get at them. Yeah, and
0: so we see this mm-hmm. deceptiveness, this right. um, this manipulation, and so it's almost as if like yeah, these outward expressions um, that that Balaam has that that seem like these. Um, you know these blessings from god either they're a lip service or maybe right. they're even out of his his own control that he's almost attempting to curse them but yeah
1: but when he opens his mouth god's sovereignty prevails right right because God cares too much about our holiness. You know, he's not going to let it, one, uh, he's protecting people. You see, over all these chapters, it's just God's sovereign hand. Yeah. He made a promise. He's going to protect these people. He's going to take them to the promised land. Yeah. And he's going to do it no matter what. And all these enemies come against them, all these different ways, all the different temptations, everything, and uh, and and God is just so faithful.
0: Yeah.
1: He's, he's so faithful. But he's also going to bring judgment upon their sin. Yeah. Yeah. Because here's all, like, Balaam should not have done it. He should have just said, no, don't go against the people of God. And so that's, like, all this. And then he, you know, is kind of a little passive. This, you know, yeah. he kind of subverts all this this stuff and uh, sends these women. And, and so the Israelites should not have done that either, you yeah. know. But they do. And then they, you know, get, uh, uh, they, they, the 23,000 of them get struck down. And, man, that's a great warning for us. Actually, what 1 Corinthians 10 refers to these chapters as that, you know. This First 1 Corinthians 10, 6. It says, now these things took place as examples for us, mm. that they might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 of them died in a single day. Mm. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter twenty, twenty-one. Nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Yeah. Yeah. It's all this. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of ages has come. And so... This is, this is great for us he says therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall yeah and so we read this with and it should sober us up a little bit yeah. do we, oh, we wouldn't grumble like that we, we you know we're above uh, this we wouldn't give in to sexual temptation like this no like we, we wouldn't we wouldn't do this like eh. <laughs> yeah. Paul's telling the Corinthians and us no this was written that we would take heed lest we fall because he knows our intentions. He yeah. knows the thoughts of our heart, even when we are outwardly obedient.
0: Yeah, I think we can look at Jude 11 as mm-hmm. well. And it says, woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Koran's, Korah's rebellion. Mm-hmm. Sir. These are hidden reefs at your love feast, yeah. And they feast with you without fear. Mm. But so here we we recognize that Balaam's error, yeah, um, for gain, yeah. You know, this this desire for for strength and right. and power and prestige, right. And so as we examine our own hearts, as right. you were just saying, what are our right. motives, right. Right. right, right, right? As we as we go to church, as we. You know, witness to the people right. at work as we parent, as right. we love our spouse. Yep. What are our motives? Right,
1: right. That's what God cares about. He cares about us. You know, the motives of our heart, and not just us going through the motions. You know, motives, not motions. If that's what uh, will help you remember these things. You know, this is why we do it. Um, we don't. We're not just outwardly obedient, but have a grumbly heart on the inside yeah um uh, we need to make sure that our heart is is humble and contrite and worshipful before the lord in each of these things and thankfully like we don't it's not like god doesn't expect us to be perfect at at this point you know like he's working on us it's his grace through us um now he expects us to be holy and working on this and improving um by his grace as well but this is this is so key for us as we uh, uh, get our hearts right before the Lord because He knows it all. He knows the in- thoughts and intentions of our enemies. Like we can take rest in that even too. Like yeah. God knows it all. Yeah, He sees it all. He sees all the actions, but we can see the actions. This comes back to hard, and you know I think you and I see this stuff uh, also, like in counseling and pastoral mm-hmm. work. Yeah. You know, uh, of just helping people come back to the to the fruit or to the root. You know, we see yeah. the fruit, we see what's out here, but like what's going on inside. And, um, and you know, God does give some insight to us and others in all this. But ultimately, like the Lord knows all this stuff. Yeah. And he's going to bring it to light. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And I think just going back to bring this back to Balaam again and second Peter Two fifteen and 16 it says forsaking the right way they have gone astray they have followed the way of Balaam the son of Beor who loved gain from wrongdoing mm. but was rebuked from his own transgression a speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness yeah and so again here here scripture is again revealing yeah the the, the true heart of Balaam and so right. we recognize that Back in Numbers twenty two, yep. that it appears
1: that he's doing right. the right thing, and so what a warning right. this is right. for us. Right, time will bring it out, and the Lord in His mercy will bring bring out what's what's happening here. And yeah. so, um, but I think this is good. Good, a, a, a great question, great way to wrestle with the scriptures here, and also a, just a great way to be reflective on what is motivating us to live and work and act. Sometimes we just, we do go through the motions. Sometimes we just do it because we have to, or because we're paid to or whatever. Yeah. And yet uh, the Lord wants us to be, um, be more reflective, to examine our hearts and ask the Lord to do that and to reveal it. And thankfully this is spirit lives in us uh, as believers to, to bring all these things to the surface. And so, yeah. I think that brings the—hopefully uh, that helps bring the question to some resolution and uh, also some explanation to, to just what this uh, uh, is going on in this passage and also some helpful tools for all of us as we seek to live in a God-honoring way and uh, to, to be right before the Lord. Thanks for tuning in to Consider It, where we are considering your questions regarding life, theology, and the church consider it as a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. If you would like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about our church and the ministry here, visit redemption.bible. Thank you for your support and listening. Join us next time as we consider it.